0: and uh, this is not going to be the new normal um, but it is the uh, new how we're going to have to be for now Um, and just to do a little house cleaning here um, we are open um, utilizing guidelines um, doing the best that we can um we, as you know, are uh, wanted everybody to see how the temperature is uh, and so forth. But then you realize, too, that there's an obligation of privacy and so forth to not go, 105, oh my gosh! So bear with us. Um, there are concerns um, for everybody, and, and, and um, if... Uh, we are uh, uh, listening to what our Father and what Jesus said to us, then we are uh, obligated to um, have empathy and to um, have uh, compassion for all people. And so one of the things, that, a question that came up to me um, was, will we be singing today? And um, the answer is Yes. We will be singing in here. Um, however, um, if it is something that that you're concerned about, um, then maybe, uh, well, then an option is is out into the narthex, you know, behind the glass, there are chairs and so forth, and we do have um, things piped in. And so so there is that. <clears throat> You'd notice as you came in, you handled your own uh, uh, bulletin um, and you're encouraged to use the hand sanitizer that is out there and so forth and so we're doing we're doing what we can to the best of our ability and uh, by the grace of God that will be enough your pastor will not be wearing a mask and gloves during the service until uh, communion at which point I will be donning the mask and I will be donning the uh, gloves uh, for uh, your safety and out of respect for you. Um, boy, I never in my wildest dreams thought I would be saying something like that, uh, but here we are. Um, a lot of people are asking me, Pastor, what do we do? What do we do with this? And my default has always been and always will be Christ In Him crucified. Remember your baptism. Remember the gift of grace that comes from Holy Communion, and that's more than enough. Today we'll talk more about it in the in the uh, sermon. So uh, at this point, why don't we stand? Oh, I need to say hello for all of us, and you'll do the same. But Nick uh, Del Palacio is here today. And we are grateful to have him, so let's clap a little bit for our friend Nick, who plays brilliantly, in my opinion, and uh, is a delight uh, to have you here. And so thank you very much, Nick, for coming and opening up with us. This This is a big deal. So let us stand, if you're able. Our opening hymn is Amazing Grace. It's found on page 448. through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and us, will forgive our sins, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us take a moment of silent reflection. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord
1: of mercy...
0: help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. This is the Feast of Victory for our God, Alleluia! The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you have given us grace to acknowledge the glory of the eternal Trinity by the confession of true faith and to worship the unity in the power of the divine majesty. Keep us steadfast in this faith and defend us from all adversities. For you, O Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, live and reign one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated.
2: Good morning. How nice to see you all here. The first reading this morning is from the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verses 1 through chapter 2, verse 4, and this can be found in your pew Bible on page 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. God called the vault sky and there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And it was so. And God said, let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems, and that moves about in it according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, and they will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw that all he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Our next reading is Psalm 8, and it can be found on page six of your bulletin. We'll read it responsively. Psalm 8. Lord our God, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies you put everything under your feet. All flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our God, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Our next reading is from the first book of Acts, uh, chapter 2, verse 14, and then verses 22 through 36. This can be found in your pew Bible on page 1692. Acts chapter two, beginning with verse 14. Then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence." Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, And yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the 28th chapter, glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St. Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20, and can be found on page 1550 in the Pew Bible. Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus, because nothing good comes from any other source. Amen? All right. This uh, season that we find ourselves in is particularly difficult to preach or proclaim on. You wouldn't think it would be that way, but it, I found it, it hard to do, not knowing what direction to take this in such a way that there is a message that the gospel is delivered and that uh, I don't offend anybody. And then I had a word and the word was uh, not out loud from the Lord. It came from a, another brother who was a mini- in ministry. He said, don't worry about offending people. You do that without even trying. Forgive me. Forgive me. This is adapted from a devotional by um, Chad Bird, and it is regarding the season that we are in. It is best titled... Uh, what do we do cuz that's a question that i get asked as i'd mentioned earlier in our service what do we do pastor and you know what that that question has been answered by the world and by people that think they know what this is all about and it's been answered but not particularly well because it is prefaced with i think And what has your pastor always said? If ever I say, I think, what are you supposed to do? Run. Not what I think, but what does the word of God say? So here we go. What can the church learn from 2020? Do we learn that injustice is pervasive in our world? No. We knew that. Do we learn that the innocent suffer violence? Nope. That shouldn't be news. Do we learn that the world is wasting away? Again, no. That shouldn't be a surprise to you or me. Do we learn that evil cuts through the heart of us all? No, that shouldn't be a surprise either. We knew all of those things already. In all of human history, in today's reading from Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through Genesis 2, verse 4, the creation story was laid out. And God, the creator of heaven and earth, he reveals his world. He speaks it into existence. His handiwork is out there for all to see. And our Father who is in heaven says, well, he declares it, it's good. It's good. And then we know, because we've read it, we've heard it, That in chapter three, man and women, men and women, man and woman, pick one, Ken. We messed the whole thing up, and the world started to go into hell. We know that from Cain onward, that there is destruction that there is selfishness, that there is bloodshed. And we know because it is accounted for us to read that the thin veneer between civilization that is being civilized and anarchy is the norm, not the exception. There is not one good, no, not one In days such as these, as in today, it's far too easy to slip into the mob mentality of the world that likes to think that there are some good people and there are other people that are very bad, very bad. That if we could just pass enough laws, then all would be well. We've heard that before, right? It was Ten Commandments. If we could just pass a few more, everything would be well. In fact, if we had enough laws, then justice, vigilante or legal justice, would be the solution to all of our problems. We have somebody watching what you do on every corner, reporting you in, uh, 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 maybe imprisoning you. Boy, that will take care of things, right? No. What can the church learn from 2020? Well, here's one thing. You ready to be offended? One thing we can learn as a church is that we are of no use to this world if all we do, we are no use to this world if all we do is ape the world's rhetoric. If we ape, imitate, Oh, rack them up in the other alley. If we ape the actions, the antics that we see, we must mirror, we must not mirror the hate, the fear. We must refrain from sowing seeds of discontent. As Peter addressed the crowds of Jerusalem in our Acts reading today, we address the church today with brothers and sisters. Hear this now. We must know. We must believe. We must proclaim this that the problem that we have today, that we see, the problem is sin, not skin. The answer is grace. Not race. That Jesus died for all, and that our nation, this state, this community needs Jesus now. The church and its pastors, this pastor, must continue to preach Christ, Christ and Him crucified, amen. Nothing more, nothing less. For it is only through Christ and his work, his work that was worked on that cross for you, for all who believe. His work was worked, and his call from the gospel today, which was to commission, not the great suggestion the Great Commission, to go into all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is our hope. This is our call. This is our ministry. Because we know this in baptism. In baptism, it works the forgiveness of sin. God meets you there with His Spirit. It works rescue from death and the devil, and it gives eternal salvation to all who believe this, as the words and promises of God declare, which is this, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. That's Mark 16, verse 16. What can the church learn from 2020? We call all people to repentance, no matter what their skin color, no matter what their sex is, no matter what their political affiliation be or any other factor. For we know that all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. And we know that the law of God lets no one off the hook. Amen? Okay. What can the church learn from 2020? Our teaching is not about rights. But our teaching is that every human is created in the image and likeness of God. His icons on earth we are. Every one of whom we are to love and forgive as a brother or a sister. We look to Christ for He was falsely accused. He was unjustly convicted and sentenced to death a death that he did not deserve. He went to the cross. He endured the pain and the humiliation of a shameful death. And yet, he didn't demand justice. And he did not curse those who persecuted him, no. You know what he did. He asked the Father to forgive us. And he said, for they know not what they do. The lamb who was slain, he was interceding for those who hated him, for those who mocked him, for those who killed him. What can we learn, church, from 2020? Well, we know that justice cannot heal our world nor mere human love, but that only God's love in Jesus Christ, only God's love in Jesus Christ can heal broken hearts, restore shattered communities, and give us the grace to forgive even our enemies. So we pray to the Father. We cry out, Abba. Daddy help now what can the church learn from 2020 we teach that we are in the midst of a spiritual battle we we know that unseen forces and malicious angelic powers are manipulating sinners of all kinds to do their bidding And that we delude ourselves if we suppose this is a mere human conflict. Revelation reveals over and over that human history is the battlefield of sacred and sinister powers. Again, Peter says, Be alert and of sober mind, the enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. 1 Peter 5.8 Let me ask you a question. What would you consider the most serious threat to your existence today? What is that? The most serious threat to your existence to your safety, what is it today? Is it crime? Is it disease, COVID-19? But let's not stop there. Is it heart disease, cancer, diabetes? Is it depression? Maybe it's global warming. We've been told over and over again that is the greatest existential threat to mankind. Which is it? So when you hear the admonition from Peter saying, your enemy, hey, sober up, open your eyes, because your enemy, the devil, Satan, is prowling around like a lion. Let me ask you this. Is a lion high on your list of serious threats today? Not here. I mean, I suppose... Well, if we could find a lion, I guess we could go to the zoo, and we could jump over the fence and swim across the water and go pet that big old kitty. Or perhaps we could strap on uh, some T-bone steaks, you know, around our belts and go for a walk in the trails along uh, Saddleback Mountain. They got a bunch of big cats there right now, I'm hearing. But none of us are that foolish, because there might be a lion there. There might be a consequence, so we pay attention and we are leery, at least of that, when we're at the zoo or walking on trails. You know, it is our nature to focus on physical adversaries. And holy scripture, like what Peter's caution just mentioned here, reminds us is that we have a spiritual enemy. We have a spiritual enemy who has sinister intents for us and the ones we love. We talked about this yesterday in our men's group. You guys are going, wow, Pastor, you took that right out of portals of prayer, didn't you? Yes, I did, because it's that important. Do you realize, brothers and sisters, that Satan hates you? That ought to make you a little bit mad. Do you realize that he hates your spouse, your loved ones? That ought to really make you mad. Do you realize that it is his intent to sit back and watch? He may not be doing a full frontal attack on you every moment and every day on those that you love as well. He's patient. And he's looking to see just how he can get in there and separate you from the love of God. Boy, I tell you what, gun sales are through the roof right now. Have you heard that and bullets and all that stuff? We are ready to lock and load to protect our stuff. We even say silly things like, you know what, the locks on my door, they are for your protection, not mine. Hey, that's uh, Second Amendment, and that is your right. Go for it. It really is. But guess what? Why would we neglect the fact that there is a devil prowling around. Why wouldn't we lock and load for him? Why wouldn't we fill our children and our loved ones with the ammunition that God gives to us in his holy scripture to protect them from the foe? Maybe it's easier to go buy a Kimber Ultra Carry Two forty-five ACP than it is to have a conversation with my son or daughter-in-law. I don't have one yet. I'm just projecting, but or my neighbor, or my family. Maybe it's easier just to go down and and buy that brand new weapon than it is to say, hey, uh, I need to talk to you about the Word of God, and I am by no means an expert, but I am His child. Can we talk? That's what I'm getting at, you guys. That's what I'm getting at, and we should be praying that our children don't fall into false beliefs, that they don't fall into despair or other great shame and vice. The sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer says, and lead us not unto temptation, but deliver us from evil. We need to fervently ask our Father at the morning and at evening and at all times to grant that the evil one may have no power over me. That was Luther's morning and evening prayer, part of it. Abba, help, save me. Grant that the evil one may have no power over me, morning and evening and in between. How grateful can we be that our Heavenly Father has answered those prayers through his son, by sending his son, who conquered that adversary, that lion. He conquered him with these words. His words, it's always his word. And his words were, it is written when Satan is poking at him. That man does not live on bread alone, but on every word of God. It is finished, he said, his words, powerful. He didn't say it's kind of finished for but you're gonna to have to do good works and be real nice. No, he didn't say that. He said it is finished. And he gave his soul up. Thanks be to God that the spiritual prince of darkness and the king of the jungle is no match for the prince of peace, who is the king of kings, the lord of lords. Last time. What can the church? What can the church learn in 2020? church will proclaim boldly and unendingly that over the chaos of this world there still reigns the King of Kings, Jesus the resurrected, before whom every knee will eventually bow And his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And into that kingdom he calls us all to find forgiveness, to find life, and to find a peace that surpasses all understanding. Jesus said, my Father is always working on and through people just like you. So in conclusion, best part of the sermon so in conclusion 2020 is a great year for the church to be the church in the name of Jesus Amen Let us all confess together our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed, found on page three of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty. Blessed and holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, hear the prayers of your people and grant to us all things according to your word and your promise. In the beginning, Father, your word spoke all things into being, and from nothing you made all that is. Help us to see the imprint of your love in the goodness of creation and to exercise responsible care of all that you have entrusted to us. Lord, in your mercy, throughout the ages, Father, your Spirit filled the sin-stained world with hope and called us to repentance and faith. Help us to hear the voice of your word and to respond with faith, confessing you without fear before all manner of people and in every corner of the earth. As you planned long before the world began, deliver us in Christ that we may be your own and live according to your commands all our days. Lord, in your mercy, in this day and in this time, Father, raise up for your church godly men to serve as her to serve her as pastors and faithful teachers and church workers, to make known your saving gospel. Raise up, Father, faithful servants who will heed your call and serve to the best of their ability wherever you place them. Lord, in your mercy. In baptism, you joined us to our Savior's death and resurrection. Father, guide us that we may live out faithfully the new lives born of water and the, the, and the Spirit, serving you with our bodies, our minds, and souls, and strength in the face of disease and death. Make us bold to expect that we will be united with him in a resurrection like his. Lord, in your mercy. In government and law, Father, you work to establish and preserve order, protecting the weak and fostering godly virtue. Bless our president, our governor, and all who make, administer, and judge our laws. Deliver the world from the threats of pandemic and tyranny, and preserve the nations in peace, Bless all who defend us in the armed forces, aid us in emergency and medical fields, and inform us with the news. Hinder those who oppress any peoples with mistruth, violence, or fear. Lord, in your mercy. In the hour of trial and in the moment of trouble, you are there, Father. Hear us. As we cry to you for the sake of the sick, the troubled in mind, the wounded in heart, and for those that we grieve out loud or silently in our hearts right now. Deliver them from affliction as you will, and sustain them in hope with a patient heart and strength for the day. Lord, in your mercy, Father, in the blessed supper of our Lord, your Son has offered us his body as the bread of heaven and his blood as the cup of salvation. Help us to receive this blessed sacrament with faith and to show forth the fruits of the Spirit in lives of faith, repentance, and goodness. Lord, in your mercy, In the company of the saints, Father, you have shown us that you will not abandon your people, but will keep them to everlasting life. Receive our thanks for those who have gone before us with the sign of faith, and now rest from their labors. And bring us at last to dwell with them in your presence forevermore. Lord, in your mercy, In this hour of worship, Father, you serve us with gifts of your grace so that forgiven we might know the gift of a clear conscience and redeemed we might honor you with all we think, all we say, and all we do. Accept the sacrifice of our praise and the tithes and offerings we bring. Lord, in your mercy, and all these things, And whatever else you know we need, we pray you to grant us, Father, for the sake of our Savior, Jesus Christ, through whom, with whom, and in whom, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory are yours, Almighty Father, both now and forevermore. Amen. And now, may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Always. And for the time being, our new normal of peace be with you will be, peace be with you. Will you pray with me right now? Blessed are you, O Lord our God. you have revealed your glory as the glory also of your Son and of the Holy Spirit in three persons, equal in majesty, undivided in splendor, yet one Lord, one God, ever to be adored you in your everlasting glory. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks, and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup And he gave thanks, and then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his triumphant, glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us Our Father, Lord. I guess they don't make a glove big enough for me. There it goes. His table has been prepared for all who believe. His table is prepared, and it is His true body and His true blood, a means of grace for those who have been given the power to be called children of God. This table that you haven't been able to come to for so long has been prepared for you this day. Come. The table is prepared. And in this, we will be doing uh, uh, a manner of uh, proper spacing, please. Uh, as I said, I'll have my my glove on to serve you. You will grab uh, your own uh, blood and wine. The inner circle is... Um, within the uh, uh, center, and then the wine is on the outside. And I don't think I'm leaving anything out on that. So be patient with us. Um, Jesus is here. Amen. Will you please stand? Well, it's sure nice to see you and to share a meal with you and share the love of Christ again next week will be even smoother then I gotta admit I am overjoyed to see so many of you here thank you thank you very much and as far as um, doing the best we can to stay within the parameters of guidelines um, let us profess out the same door that'll eliminate mass touching of services surfaces and so forth if you don't mind And uh, peace be with you. Now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing hymn is, well, it's kind of our Lutheran fight song, is it not? A mighty fortress is our God.